Here's the deals brought to you by Time Money Management. Our network minus your time equals makes you money. You served your country faithfully. Now it's time to blaze your own path. Here's the deals a show for veterans by veterans to discuss real world issues on how to start and run your own business. It's a cross between Dave Ramsey, Maria Bartiromo, and Joe Rogan. This is not academia, it's the truth. Here's the deal. Hey everybody, how's it going? It's uh, your host, uh, Chris Flowers. Here's the deal. Um, as you know, what we try to do here on the show is that we're trying to not only encourage people to start their own businesses, but we also try to give them like the proper tools to, to set up the businesses and do it right. So even if you're already in business, you know, this could be a good uh, learning tool as well because we have uh, subject matter experts on that can uh, help give you guidance in certain directions. So this episode, we're going to cover two really important yet very overlooked topics, okay? Uh, the operating agreement inside of an LLC, something that gets overlooked all the time. Uh, and, you know, everybody, you know, thinks you're going to do deals on a handshake and it never works out. And then, of course, there's also the proper maintenance you have to maintain an LLC. You have to maintain your LLC or corporation documents like you maintain your car. You got to change the oil. You got to do all that kind of stuff. So, um, I would like to introduce the Here's the Deal audience to Trisha Lotzer. She's a business broker. She's a friend of mine. She's a business broker who owns Liongate uh, Business Brokerage, but she's also an attorney with, uh, is it, is it uh, Copio Legal, Trisha? Yes, exactly, Chris. Copio okay. Legal. Okay, perfect. So, now I'm going to give you guys a little you know, inside baseball here. Trisha and I are like, we're such excellent golfers that like we scared a group of attorneys away. They didn't want to golf with us. Okay. Cause they, they knew we were that good. And I think we probably shot the lowest score in top golf history. I think, I don't think anybody could really top the score that, that we did. When you agree with that, Trisha, I, I kind of would. I stipulate completely. That is completely accurate. I don't think anybody's ever had that kind of top score golf score as we did yeah and on top of that i mean when you can scare a whole law office of attorneys away that were supposed to be there they were supposed to show up and didn't i, I think they just knew they knew they were going to get hustled because you know i i personally think that they just felt that they were going to get hustled so they, they they were i think they were smart i think they kept away so um now trish i'm going to ask you to do me a favor stop me if you heard this before okay <clears throat> you, got, you got two lifelong friends they're sitting there, they're drinking beer, they decide, hey, you know what? Let's go into business, bro. Me and you, 50-50, we'll split everything down the middle. Life is great, right? And they don't have any kind of an operating agreement whatsoever in place. And, you know, one guy's doing like 99% of the work, the other guy's out golfing. And, you know, two lifelong friends, and now they hate each other okay businesses you know they want to either like sell the business or the business isn't going well or they're saying hey you know i'm not gonna pay enough money because you're not doing any of the work and <laughs> so they you know they've got two lifelong friends they can't stand each other now and then this is where the legal fights are going to come in this is where you got to pay trisha a whole bunch of money okay which of course she likes that part but <laughs> um to get this done i mean so you know i think if we've seen it once trisha i think we've seen it like a thousand times so from an attorney standpoint, of course, you know, you're the legal expert here on the show. Uh, how important is it to have the details um, really ironed out on the operating agreement 
and you know, I mean, as far as like, you know, what who's going to do what, the comp, everything in general. I mean, from 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 the legal standpoint, why don't you go, you know, explain that to us uh, as the business owners how how crucial it is? Sure, Chris. Thank you. And first of all, I want to compliment you. You've been even as much a pleasure to do business with on deals as when we've been golfing together. It's been great doing business with you. It's and never I, boring. Either one of them is never boring, right? <laughs> we have we have worked on some interesting deals together so far. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and I love the idea of giving these resources to people to help them succeed. Um, and then also, before I dive into that question, just a, a, a quick disclaimer. Consider this friendly advice. Well, I am an attorney. Um, it's not legal advice because it's not specific to anybody's case, but it's general friendly advice, advice I give to a friend and advice I enjoy talking to you about, Chris. So um, I heard a lot in your question, and I'm going to start by unpacking it with, you're totally correct. It's super important to have an operating agreement, including but just not limited to compensation. But I have heard the very fact scenario that you're mentioning uh, I've, I've heard it. Um, I've worked on deals this week that, that match that scenario. So it's really important to have things in writing. And um, But that's not just the only thing to have in an operating agreement. Do you want me to go on with, with what they might want to have in an operating agreement? Well, that? yeah, I, I think we got to kind of get into some of those details. We don't want, you know, want to keep it kind of at the, the 30,000 foot view, but at the same time, it's, you know, like I said, what, what we've seen, I'm not, I know you've seen it. I know I've seen it is that it's not specified who's going to do what or what expectations are, are going to be met. So, you know, so-and-so if you have two, if you have two partners, you'll say, okay, we're agreeing to, okay, you're going to handle this portion of the business. You're more the books mm-hmm. portion of business. I'm more the sales portion of the business or whatever. And you are, you are going to be expected to perform at x level i'm going to do y level and it, you know our goal is to you know maybe sell the company at you know 10 times x or whatever and you know how we're going to split that when that happens and so on and if and if there is a breakup who's going to get what assets and i, I mean the, exactly. usually none of that is spelled out anywhere and it occurs in this whole legal battle of who's supposed to get what and you know oh we're supposed to be 50 50 and like you know you haven't done any of the work well you know all that kind of stuff so yeah, you're exactly right. There are so many things that are helpful to have in an operating agreement, you know, including, as you mentioned, you know, preparing for, you know, if they sell the LLC or spousal disclaimers and estate planning terms. There's there's a reason that operating agreements run at least 30, 40 pages for multiple member LLCs um, because I, I like your initial a- analogy about, you know, uh, giving your car a tune-up or an oil change. Think of an operating agreement like the instruction manual fixing your vehicle anytime something goes wrong. You may not have to know how to fix the check engine light, but if it goes on, it'll tell you what you need to do. That's what a good LLC operating agreement does. Is it spells out what people need to do in different situations and you're agreeing to it ahead of time to save a lot of time and money down the line. Exactly. So, uh, what kind of details can the business owners, you know, work out, um, prior to that? I know like I said, there's, you know, uh, like I said, this can go, like I said, it could be a 30 page document, but are there mm-hmm. maybe just give us like, you know, a few like of the top things that really 
absolutely must be in a proper operating agreement to make sure that it that everything's you know the expectations are set properly and uh like i said there's an exit strategy i mean even things like you know key man insurance you know because like i said because two buddies can get into business together everything's rocking and rolling life is good one guy dies and then you know the the trophy wife comes in who doesn't know or you know husband or whoever comes in doesn't know anything about the business think oh okay well now i'm part owner I want to do this wrong. <laughs> We're not doing that, you know. <laughs> and then it turns into that, and that turns into a whole ugly thing. So, like, what are what would you say? Like, maybe like the top five things that absolutely must be in an operating agreement to make sure that it's it's squared away. Oh, that's that's a great question, and also a challenging one to answer because in any situation, they're going to want to have in the operating agreement and well written whatever problem it is that's making them pull out the operating agreement in the first place. And chances are it's going to be one of one of these things, something to do with compensation. And I would love to give uh, in a few minutes, perhaps a scenario around compensation that I see comes up and one way to handle it in advance before any problems arise. Um, so compensation, one thing you want to make sure is addressed in the operating agreement. Uh, and then what to do in any of the big D's, divorce, death, disability, or need to dissolve the LLC. There you go. Yeah. Um, and then you mentioned, you know, spouse, spouses, spousal disclaimers. If something happens to one of the owners, all of a sudden you could be running it with somebody's spouse or family member or um, and kids. Or, a, yeah. 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 <laughs> And if that's not what the parties intend, it can be a very uncomfortable situation. Um, in addition, uh, I like to include the party's choice of mediation, arbitration, or litigation. Kind of the default is if it's not mentioned, you guys are potentially subject to litigation. But um, I, I think a lot of people would agree that it's nice to have a mediation and arbitration clause in the LLC operating agreement. So everybody can um, have an arbitration instead of having to show up in county court. Yeah, that's excellent. So, um, yeah, like I said, what, what was it again? What was the, the, the well, how many was it? Three or four D's or what, what were those again? Those are oh, yeah, four. It's a divorce, death, disability, or dissolving the LLC. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah, those are like I said, those should be some of your top things because because that can get into a you know that can cover you know quite a bit of the problems that we see a lot in these LLCs. So, and then once you know once a company's up and running, like okay, you got you know a couple people, you know, a uh, couple ladies, you know, running a shop or something like that, or and then as things start growing and progressing and things like that, uh, wouldn't you also recommend maybe uh updating the operating agreements because now we're talking about you know maybe we're now we're going to start getting into like profit sharing and you know things like that so isn't that something you should you know occasionally take a look at and get tuned up as we were talking about absolutely ideally you're going to schedule an annual meeting and that's a great time to check in on different things and uh updating any uh, exhibits that are supposed to be updated in the operating agreement or scheduling a check-in call with your attorney. I like to encourage my clients to check in with me, especially if things are going great um, once a year. 
Uh, and I say especially because um, sometimes situations around who owns what come up when the company starts to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check in with me and we can make sure that everything is still up to date. And if there are any additional agreements, you know, there are other agreements that are very important to have for your your LLC uh, that are outside the scope of our focus of, of this chat about LLCs and operating agreements. So, um, by the way, spoiler alert, my, my best advice in all of this is continue to learn through programs like this, books, but having a really good business attorney who knows you, knows your business, cares about you and your business, and maybe has even owned, bought, or sold a business of your own, who you want to look for to have on your team as an advisor. So, again, friendly advice, that's some of my best friendly advice. Okay. Whatever you're doing with the phone, keep it right there. That was the clearest we've heard your voice so far. So <laughs> that's great. Um, so, so what can we do? I mean, I don't know. Let, you know let's, let's go into a couple of different scenarios. So, I mean, obviously if the, if the operating agreement is written properly and somebody's not pulling their weight, then there's some accountability, but is there anything that can be done? Uh, if you know, you got, like say a couple, you know, couple buddies you know go into business and they're supposed to be 50 50 partners but one of them is really not pulling his weight and then one of them gets like fed up with it okay dude like you are not doing anything for this company is there anything the partner who is driving the deal is there any way to hold the other partner accountable or is it i mean just it is what it is or is there anything that they can do to work that out um, you broke up a little bit there, but it sounds like uh, you're asking about a situation I see, unfortunately, somewhat frequently, where one partner is doing a bunch of work in the business and the other isn't for whatever reason. And usually they each have their reasons for why what they're doing is right. Um, and that may be so, but the issue is money and how money is being divided com- coming out of the company. And this is this is an opportunity for me to share something that has been a helpful way to prevent these kind of disputes from arising and that's to make sure in the operating agreement uh, it's well written out what the roles and duties are and to acknowledge duties separate from being just the owner or a director or you know an officer in the llc but if you're also providing day-to-day management duties have a set, separate written employment contract and a separate salary assigned to that role and be really clear about it and then update that employment agreement or contractor agreement as the case may be, but be very clear about the difference between your job description as somebody working in the business as opposed to someone who just owns the business. Okay, that's something I hadn't even really even thought about. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of cool. I guess uh, well, I'll go back to like my original question. I'm sorry it, it broke up on you, but I was wondering, is there anything that the person can do? Let's say they don't have a, a solid operating agreement, but there is one person that is pulling 90% of the weight. Is there any way that person can hold the other person who isn't doing pulling their weight, hold them accountable? Is there any actions that they can take to get them to you know adjust adjust their actions? Is there something that they can do? Um, Sure. Um, There are a few things that they can do, and it's going to depend in part on what any written agreements are. Uh, Let's let's assume maybe 
worst case scenario, there are no agreements in place, except probably this is this is what I see. There are some verbal discussions that parties don't agree about. Um, so what do you do then if somebody is doing 90% of the work? Well, that's a good time to start to put things in writing. And hopefully it hasn't progressed to the point where you guys are going to go your separate ways. But if you do, then instead of investing the time in an operating agreement, then it sounds like you might be doing a buy-sell to separate uh, a partnership or an early-stage LLC if they have filed their initial, initial papers of, of incorporation. Um, if there are agreements in place, different story, different outcome perhaps, because then there may be a fiduciary duty that somebody is breaching. Um, but query whether they were breaching a duty as an owner of the LLC or as more in the role of an employee, like I mentioned, and you can just hire somebody to fulfill that role. So I guess to summarize, it, it's highly fact and document dependent, but uh, if, if you have some additional facts you want to throw at me, I can help predict what the outcome might look like. Yeah, I guess like I say, I know there's like so many different ways these things can go. Everything else is a snowflake, of course. So you never, there's no way to kind of you know cookie cut or nail it down. But I was wondering, you know, maybe something like we talked about, uh, we touched on a little bit earlier, like arbitration. Like, is there? Mm -hmm. like, and of course, both parties have to agree to go to the arbitration because you know one partner can say, hey, you know. Yeah, I don't think we're we're doing you know what we're what we agreed to do and so on. Of course, the person can say, okay, hey, you know, but hey, well, I want to I don't want to split up the company. I don't want to mess this up. Can we do some arbitration and have a third party tell us you know who's doing what and who needs to do what? I mean, of course, the, both parties have to agree to that. But um, is that is that um, something that can be done as well? Yeah, that that can be done, and in some cases, it might even be. Um, what's required if there are written documents for mediation and arbitration. But how I see it done a lot, too, is I I'm working on a deal like that right now. We don't have an arbitrator. Uh, arbitration is great, um, but it's then you're additionally paying an arbitrator, and you've probably already got a lawyer, mm -hmm. and the other side has a lawyer, and maybe the partnership, uh, the, the LLC has a lawyer as well. Um, so then, you know, do you want to add to the cost of this and have an arbitrator unless one's absolutely necessary? So right now I'm dealing with a case uh, very much like what we're talking about. And it's just me and the other attorney uh, going back and forth trying to, you know, revise what was a really poorly written purchase and sale agreement mm -hmm. that put people in business in an LLC together that have been running the business without any well-written operating agreement. So now we're trying to reasonably reform the deals and give the parties some options for moving forward. Uh, arbitration probably won't be necessary, but it certainly is a good option, especially um, if it seems the only other option is litigation, mm. and uh, yeah. <laughs> the only one that gets ha the only one that gets happy there is uh, you guys on the on the legal side, right? And I'm a transactional attorney. Fortunately, I know some great litigators to say, you know to call on when when parties can't. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of like good cop, Chris. I'm the transactional. You're lawyer. always the good cop. Oh. Yeah, you're always the good cop. No matter what, you always find the sunshine and everything. Like you know, even even our golf game. You somehow you find a way to make that look good. And I, I'm like, I can't figure that out. But <laughs> yeah. So I guess to loop back around to that. 
Yes, arbitration is an option. Um, also, just, you know, again, talking to that trusted advisor of yours and learning from your attorney. You know, what options do you have under your particular set of circumstances and, you know, what what can lead to the best outcome for everybody? Awesome. Well, as I know there, let's say there's just, there's so many different things that we can get into and things like that. But it, it really, what it comes down to is if you don't have an operating agreement really well spelled out in your current situation, get it there. If you're thinking about starting a business, make sure it gets done in, you know, in that. And then, um, if you need any help with that, you know, like I said, you can get old Tricia. But, uh, one thing, again, another area that you and I have both seen uh, a lot as well. And again, let's see, it goes back to the car analogy of like not changing your oil, things like that is maintaining the LLC because you know for people that may not know what the uh, what an LLC is really designed for really an LLC is, LLC is designed for to limit your personal liabilities so that way things that are business assets stay in the name of the business and things that are personal assets stay out of that and stay in, stay in the personal side so maybe you can go into um, you know the the, the the importance of the, the maintenance of the LLC. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Excellent point, Chris. It's, it's one thing, you know, just to do the initial filing, that's just the start of the LLC. And hopefully you're doing the operating agreement uh, about the same time as you're, you're filing the initial paperwork and agreeing on all those details. But it's important to have other things in place uh, early on, including adequate funding, opening up a, a separate bank account, getting an EIN, and having this LLC, this limited liability company, this entity operating separately from you on and your personal affairs and your expenses. It's important that it has a separate um, a separate set of books and mm. also in my practice I like to give checklists and action items that people can do at you know a yearly basis so they know they're maintaining the LLC properly yeah it's excellent and that is something uh, when I had my friend uh, Adam on who's a CPA we kind of touched on some of those things as far as like co-mingling funds and make sure you're not you know paying your grocery bill out of the business account and things like that. So, right? Oh. Yeah. Don't commingle funds. And also, if you have to, I mean, few people sign checks. But uh, signing documents, whether electronically or hard copies, signing on behalf of the LLC instead of personally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's one of the most important things. And so what can happen if uh, they aren't properly maintained? Well, there's always the chance that you, you hear about the phrase piercing the corporate veil, that if you end up uh, in a dispute with a creditor who normally wouldn't be able to go after your personal assets because it's a business expense, they might be able to attach your personal assets. What I see, and that's kind of the textbook answer, right? But what I actually see happen more in my practice is that it isn't a creditor coming after somebody saying you weren't honoring and maintaining the LLC properly. It's one of the LLC owners who really? wants his partner out. Yes. Really? 
<laughs> right? So the textbook answer everybody says is piercing the corporate veil. But in real life, uh, what I see is that all of a sudden the LLC starts doing great. One partner doesn't like the way the other partner or the other four or five number of however many owners there are. And they want more control. They want more ownership and control of the business, if not the entire business. And they will look for a reason like that to push the other parties out. And in some cases, Chris, it's justified. Going back to the scenario of the one person who's doing 90% and the other party who really isn't doing any. Mm -hmm. So that is why it's so important to have the LLC operating agreement and to be maintaining it and to be referring to it and to have everybody reasonably keeping up with the duties that they've agreed to assume. Yeah, I know that's that's awesome. And uh I find it was kind of funny uh popped in my head was uh I don't know if you watched the the Big Bang Theory and uh <laughs> and Sheldon is always pulling out like the roommate agreement and things like that <laughs> and going into all the clauses. <laughs> Anybody who's ever seen the Big Bang Theory, it's 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 crazy. Like I said, me and my son like love that show, but <laughs> that, that sounds that sounds brilliant. Yes, yes, it is kind of it is kind of like that, and it's a little bit also like you know, in case of emergency, break glass. Mm-hmm. Um, that most of the time you're not gonna if everything's going well and nobody's having a problem, you're not gonna pull out the operating agreement. Except if you're an A plus student, like once a year to look over everything and talk to your your lawyer about it. Otherwise, you will only pull it out when you have a problem and you're reviewing it with an attorney because of the problem. So, I think I think you would pull it out like a lot because I, I, I sent Trisha over some questions uh, before the show. Like, hey, the different things I wanted to cover. And of course, she filled everything out like so meticulously. And then like that, I was like, really? Like, <laughs> like apparently, you know, we're like really super casual on here's the deal. Uh, you know, not, this is not like, you know, Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity or anything. This is like, you know, we're just kind of kicking it back and forth. Things like that. I mean, she like spelled out every little thing of it. This, like you know, to all these answers is kind of funny. I like said, so I, I, I started laughing at myself. So you, you would do that. I could see you pulling that out. All day. You, you would pull the Sheldon Cooper. You'd be like, you'd be pulling that thing out just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this. I, I, I do still have a business. Um, yes, you and, do. Uh, yes, and I'm the only I'm the only owner, but I still have an operating agreement for that business. And there, so it's not just for um, for multiple members. And I actually do my best to practice the advice that I preach. You know, as a business owner and a business attorney, I know there are so many details to take care of, and you can't do everything at once. But legitimately, the operating agreement, having it done well at the beginning by somebody who really knows what they're doing. Uh, and maintaining it is some of the most just important, um, solid things for your business. Mm. No, that's cool. Um, that, and, and it's important, like I said, because I know even, you know, I, I honestly, you know, being a one person owner myself, I was like, wait a minute. I never even thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be, you know, it's like, wow. I mean, again, it's that again, that's why we have you on the show. It's great. So could get me thinking about a bunch of different things too, other than big bang theory. So, um, <laughs> and golf, 
and golf. Yeah, I, believe me, I try to forget about golf all the time as much as I can. It's still like a nightmare for me, but um, we'll figure it out. <laughs> so, is, is there anything you know maybe that you're kind of you know wanting to um, talk about that we we haven't covered yet? That's you know kind of another like really good nugget that we can you know give uh, to the either current business owners or aspiring business owners listening to the show. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me run through a, a, a quick list since you've already revealed that that I sent you my answers, <laughs> which which we've we, we've kind of just uh, covered on on some of these points today. Mm-hmm. But I want to make sure that people know that generally speaking, we're talking about LLCs. Uh, they apply to corporations as well, and that's a whole nother discussion we could have at some point you know whether you want an llc or a corporation and you're you're at that point in the process there's some pros and cons for each and Mm. keep in mind that the tax uh, and tax election are separate from legal formation and maintenance um watch out for deadlocks if it if you've only got one other llc owner if you're 50 50 plan ahead on if you guys are at an impasse what's going to happen that's yeah. a big one. Yeah, it is a big one. Um, that's wow. something that ends up people, at, you know, giving me a call, as does this one. When people draft it themselves, and you mentioned this in the first couple of minutes about, you know, legal fees, I can guarantee. I mean, we, at the great firm I'm working at, uh, based in San Francisco, a little boutique business firm, we do flat fee startups for LLCs. People know how much it's going to cost them. And I guarantee right now this week I'm doing startups at the flat fee and I'm already exceeded like that amount in the redos uh, of, of people who drafted their own agreements or had somebody who was a non-lawyer draft their agreements for them, like mm-hmm. a notary. So really it's, it's much more cost effective to have it done um, well the first time around absolutely absolutely hey that's the one thing it really looks at the cost but you know how much does it cost you to go into litigation how much does it cost you to go into arbitration how much does it cost? yeah far far exceeds what it would have cost you to start it up the right way the first time measure twice cut once right so that's uh that's one thing like i said a lot of just people just overlook it so much and it's it, if you yeah. if you do, like I said, you're gonna really be pulling out that checkbook here in a minute. But um, I want to make sure that everybody knows, you know, again, how to get a hold of you, and you know, um, so like give everybody like your contact information with the firm and stuff like that, and then, um, you know, so that way, you know, if they have any questions, they can they can uh, they can talk to you about. Sure. Yeah. Um, my easiest way to find me is probably on LinkedIn. Uh, my first and last name Trisha. Lotzer, T-R-I-S-H-A, last name, L-O-T, Z as in zebra, E-R. Copio Legal is the firm that I'm with based in San Francisco. Uh, We're a business law firm working with startups doing formations and uh, a full range of services throughout the business life cycle. I still maintain uh, my Arizona broker's license and work on key business buy sell deals um high quality low number through lionsgate and a shout out to my operating partner there uh ducat private equity um my buy side uh, deal sourcing operating partner 
with the private equity group. Uh, and so if anybody wants to contact me, that's my range of experience. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, as you know, of those, I highly recommend doing business with, and it's been a pleasure talking to you. Oh, no. Yeah. No, <laughs> I say I appreciate that a lot. So, yeah. So again, I know we, we, we talked about a lot of different things here on the show, but again, we, this, what, that's what this podcast is all about. We're trying to give you the tools up front. And if you already started and we're trying to make sure that you get yourself retooled and do things the right way. So that way, when you do grow that business to where it's, you know, exceeding all your dreams, we want to make sure that you get out of it, everything that you plan to get out of it. And people have listened to the show before have already heard my philosophy is, you know, you should have an outside board of directors and it should be your banker, your CPA and your attorney. All, yeah. three, all three of those people need to come together and share the vision. You give us the vision. We tell you, Trisha tells you how to keep things, you know, on, on the legal side, you know, a good CPA is going to tell you, okay, here's, you know, here's what we could do. And the CPA and the banker got to work together. It's so, okay. You can write off these things, but if you want to buy that building or, you know, you want to sell the company for, the pot of gold at the end, we got to work together because if you write off everything, your balance sheet is going to look terrible and you're not going to get that pot of gold at the end. So again, have those, have those, that board of directors, have that three, the big three in place. So that way you are reaching all of your goals and you're satisfying the dream. So thanks again, Trisha, for being on the show. Like I said, we greatly appreciate it. And uh, we'll look forward to having you on again later on. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. All right. Bye now. In closing, we just like to uh, always close with giving thanks to my, my personal Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, for you know saving my life on <laughs> several occasions, and then also just giving me the ability to uh, do the show and like that. So, oh, I'm absolutely everything. So, uh, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to do this. And then also, I want to say thank you to <clears throat> you know my family, my wife, and kids. You know, supporting me on this uh, this endeavor here as we you know go in different directions and everything. But I wouldn't have done any of this without my boy, my partner in crime, Mario, outside the wire, Gide, uh, a fallen three sixty, and his wife Crystal, because like he's the one that gave me the kick in the ass to uh, get on the podcast and do this. So if you don't like the show, you blame him because it's his fault. So uh, just in closing, just want to say thanks for everybody for listening. And as we always say at the end, stay tuned, stay focused, stay motivated.